All right, welcome to Spiritual Crusade. Uh, my name is Todd Bruce, and joining me as always is Kevin Beamer. Um, we're here to talk about uh, talking about classic talks. It's kind of a, a thing that Kevin and I have enjoyed doing and, and getting into uh, as friends and as, uh, and as, as kindred spirits in the gospel. Um, we, I know we talk about, a lot about recent talks, but we thought really digging into these older, older talks, there's just so much power in them. Um, anyway, uh, join us here on spiritualcrusade.com. Uh, we do talking classic talks, but there's lots of come follow me lesson helps. Uh, there's lots of general conference uh, lesson helps. There's lots of uh, just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful um, uh, contributors to the site. Uh, please check us out. There's, uh, uh, they're, anyway, they're awesome. They're, they're much more eloquent than I am. So uh, without further ado, we're going to jump into uh, Jeffrey R. Holland. Uh, one of his, it's got to be one of his first talks that he ever gave. Uh, it's called Within the Clasp of Your Arms. Kevin, you want to introduce that for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Uh, so this is old school, and I love Elder Holland. Uh, I love the passion, the, just how he's able to be to be eloquent, but also very much like in layman's terms. I find that he's able to reach a large audience, but also do it very, very well. And this is from 1983. So this is so old school. I was actually not born when he gave this talk. I was not born for another month. <laughs> so, about a month old. Yeah. So this is old school. But it's called Within the Clasp of Your Arms from April 1983. And it's interesting reading through it because there's some very classic Elder Holland uh, idiosyncrasies of how he gives talks, some of the things that he says, that he's just such an uplifting, you can do this, you're awesome, be better. And I love it. Yeah, he's awesome. I, I love the little jokes he has, and uh, and you know his the, the way he tells tells stories. Um, just he reminds me of like President Monson. You know, when I was a kid, I loved President Monson with his his storytelling and the way he was able to to engage you uh, yeah. as a primary kid. And uh, yeah, Elder Holland's one of our favorites. I I think I'd be shocked if half of all of the Relief Society sisters didn't love him as well. Weren't they a favorite apostle? Everyone I talked to seemed to absolutely love him to death. And I, and I love him as well, but uh, yeah. the apostles for their different aspects to them, right? Different ranges. Yeah. Well, he's got so many classic talks. Like we could do Elder Holland talks six months in a row and we'd still be finding awesome ones, right? So, yeah. You know, JR uh, uh, Appreciation Podcast, really. Jeffrey R. Yeah, yeah. It could be just appreciating him, <laughs> but we're going to try to diversify a little bit, mm -hmm. but yeah, this one's so good. Uh, so it's called within the clasp of your arms. And, and I, I don't know when they changed from uh, assigned talks to, to letting people choose their own topic, but this one was assigned and he talks about it a couple of times and what's actually really cool is if you watch that general conference, his son speaks after him. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it's right after him. Yeah. His son is sitting on the stand with him. And in this talk, it, it, the camera pans to him a couple times. But yeah, um, Matthew Holland, who just recently was called the 70 at this last general conference, uh, gives a general conference talk as like a 17-year-old, just like we just saw this last conference with, uh, with 
I can't remember their names now. Sister Kayuk and oh yeah yeah, and they were fantastic. Yeah, and they did amazing. I thought I thought if like Dallin A. Jokes shared the young man's talk, they yeah. they would have been like people would have been upset at him. <laughs> yeah, and he you know I thought man this kid's doing awesome. But yeah. Anyway, I I also loved how he started uh, the talk by saying like the mule who entered the Kentucky Derby. I know I probably shouldn't be here. But I surely like the company it lets me keep. And, uh, you know, right then and there, you can see his humility and his uh, self-deprecating humor in that, you know, now he just, he's, he's this awesome guy. But back then, he's like, I shouldn't be in this room with these people, but I'm so, so happy you invited me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm a nobody, or I feel like I'm a nobody right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's still the president of BYU, but he's still, like, you know, just feels like he shouldn't be there. Uh, anyways, topic is is about uh, basically his relationship with his son and yeah. his children, and and we've talked about this a little before, and we expounded on it a little bit more last month. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's such an important topic, and uh, so we're, I encourage you, uh, in no uncertain terms, and all I can all I can uh, do to encourage is to listen to this talk and you will feel the spirit of it uh, and check it out. I'm going to do one thing here, Kevin. I'm going to pass it over to you. Okay, go ahead. Um, <laughs> no, I got to do. You're doing great stuff. You know what? I just used this account for our Ward sacrament today, so I was titled Sparwood Ward. Nice. So change it to my name here. Uh, <laughs> um, much like... Being a bishop on a on COVID church, uh, this podcast is going to come in with a lot of band aids. Of- <laughs> Every Sunday, there's a new wrinkle that I got to learn. Yeah, it's still <laughs> going to come in hot. <laughs> so for this, we're doing our best. But um, right off right off the bat, he talks about like how grateful he is to be there, but he also adds um, he he quotes another general authority who shared a study and uh and basically the gist of the study was that it is becoming increasingly clear that we must teach the gospel to our families personally live those teachings in our homes or run the risk of discovering too late that a primary teacher or priesthood advisor or seminary instructor could not do for our children what we would not do for them yeah uh just that's such a powerful statement right there and we're living that now and we've been living that for the past couple of years it's come follow me right oh yeah well and i i just love that thought process of that somebody else can't do what we're not willing to do right and yeah. if we're not willing to do something we shouldn't really expect it of others if we're not willing to put in the time or energy to help our children succeed and obviously this is gospel oriented. We want our children to succeed in the gospel, but this is a principle that goes for everything, whether you want your children to succeed in many facets of life. There's lots of different things one can succeed at and live a good life in. So it's about putting time and that church uh, <coughs> supported, right? Home-centered church supported. And I love that our, our church has done studies and put the time in to figure out what can we do that's best. And it's also something that when you hear, you're like, well, of course, that just makes sense. Oh, yeah. Like, completely. And it's, and it's not something I would have thought, 
but being a parent, I totally, it totally makes perfect sense. I used to tell my kids all the time, beautiful day, go outside, go ride your bikes. Why, like, why not go ride, like be a kid, go ride your bikes outside or go do this or go do that. And it wasn't until I started to realize that I needed to do those things with them to help them to gain an, a love and appreciation for those things to help them get there. And whether it's hiking or swimming or fishing, mm-hmm. if I do those things with them, they will gain an appreciation and they will then have a desire to do them on their own. And it's no different than, than the gospel. If we're living the gospel, if we're living the teachings of the gospel, and we enjoy church ourselves, and we speak yeah. going to church, our kids will, will be there as well. If we complain about having to go to church, well, what are our kids going to hear? That church oh, yeah. is in the neck. We don't want to be there anyway. Yeah, or if we talk negatively about leaders or choices that people have made. Yeah. Oh, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, I can't believe Bishop Bruce did that. I mean, come on. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. We've all been there, though. Let's be honest. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I get it. The last month or so with this return to church plan, and I I just do my best to explain that it's not really my plan. This is what it takes to get back to church. Mm-hmm. I have to explain to them the difference between Todd Bruce and Bishop Bruce. Yeah, Todd Bruce thinks this. Bishop Bruce has to think this. Yeah, to take the precautions, and and then when I explain that, then they're usually okay with it. But yeah easy to be a uh, what is it a monday morning quarterback or a yeah a backseat driver and and, but um and that's no different than parenting we're just Mm -hmm. trying to do the best thing and the right things and as we talked about a few months ago uh this is the time like this we cannot get this time back with our with our children and uh now is the time for us to be doing the right things with them so that they can feel of our love and and see the priorities and see that they're a priority yeah but well and you know speaking about doing stuff with your children i absolutely love when elder holland talks about uh that he this is what he says what i cherish in my relationship with matt speaking about his child that's there with him is that he is along with with his mother and sister and brother my closest dearest friend and I look at that, and that's such a big thing because we like to do stuff with our friends. Now, there's a whole gamut of options, whether it's we have friends that we play sports with or friends that we watch hockey with or friends that we, apparently I'm into sports and hockey, <laughs> or friends that we have gospel discussions with, right? Or friends that we take, we go on double dates with our spouses with, whatever that looks like. We have different amounts of friends, but he talks about his family as being his closest, dearest friend. And then he talks about how they do everything together, uh, whether it's one-on-one basketball, tennis, racquetball. He even talks about an inside joke with his son. Right? This guy is speaking in general conference, talking about an inside joke with his son. And I know his son's speaking after him, but still that intimate level of I, I could only imagine if my dad was giving a talk like this and he brings in an inside joke about me. I'd think it was awesome. That was the coolest thing in the world. Hilarious. Uh, and then he talks about how they discuss problems. And even though he's the president of a, <laughs> the university and his son's the president of a high school class, that they actually talk about that together. Not, 
I'm way better than you. Oh, yeah. I love it. And I like that he said, uh, yeah, we compare notes and offer suggestions and share each other's challenges. And uh, I pray for him and cried with him and I'm immensely proud of him. We've talked long into the night. He shares another joke about his waterbed and how it's, how it's uh, a latter-day curse yeah. upon mankind. But um, I appreciated that he could he can ask about seminary and ask him about his quorum because he asks about all of his classes. Like he, right. you can tell that there's a legitimate amount of time and energy invested in his son's life, and he shares his life with his son. Yes. And uh, I know when my kids were young, there was a like a Father's Day or a Mother's Day activity that they did at school. And he said, "Draw your what your mom does." So draw your mom's favorite things, and they drew a picture of mom like doing the dishes, <laughs> and they drew. <laughs> And they drew a picture of dad like going to work. And I was like, this is what our kids think we do. Like, yeah, this is all we do is go to work and do the dishes. Like, and I said, we have to do more things with them. And, and this was, you know, six or seven years ago. And my oldest was six or seven. Um, they did other funny things too. I'll tell you about later, but <laughs> just hilarious, hilarious stuff. But yeah, but Oh, it's you can feel of his love through the pulpit, right? Yeah, and I also think how important it is that if you're not a present father or a present spouse or present whatever it is in the relationship that you're in, you can't just jump to a problem with spirituality. Yeah, because if you don't have normal discussions, that really feels awkward. Yeah, right? Like, if whereas if you're able to talk about tennis or racquetball or whatever you've got that basis that oh i actually will listen or my dad actually cares that what i did for my high school class presidency oh he must actually care about me yeah and that's something actually we're trying to do in our ward with our work our new ward mission leader that we recently called us he says instead of doing a ward fast for missionary work a blanket sweep mm -hmm. we're identifying very specific people that we're going to work with yeah. We identify very specific members who are close to those individuals and we're going to fast and pray with them and mm -hmm. invite them to have experiences. And, and it's meaningful when it's, when it's somebody who's close, yeah. somebody who um, can, can talk about those things in a natural um, yeah. way, as opposed to like calling up so-and-so out of the blue and saying, Hey, uh, so this church thing or, Hey, uh, hey, you know, bringing my son out for, you know, I guess Timbits and, and, and hot chocolate's a regular thing we do anyway. But if, I, yeah. you know, if we took him and, and, and wanted to chat him up about like his deacon's quorum, being a, a second counselor in the deacon's quorum, but we've never really talked about it other than that, it's going to be kind of an awkward conversation where I have to be a part of my children's lives. Yeah. If I expect them to share. And, uh, yeah, and that's the goal for each of us, right? Yeah, and uh, speaking about the trips to Tim Hortons, uh, we, uh, specifically Brittany with our older two, uh, I usually stay home with the younger two, but uh, she'll take the older two to Tim Hortons, and she stresses this so much, is if you want to talk to your kid, drive with them somewhere. Yeah. And it's interesting, and I, and I do the same, right, when I have an opportunity, uh, uh, how much more open they are, and willing to talk, which is wonderful. 
And in fact, uh, this past week, Emmeline was hanging out. My oldest is uh, in grade 10. She was hanging out with some of her friends from school talking about how, and they were, the friends were talking about how Emmeline's like the best friend with my wife. And, and she's like, yeah, isn't that how you are with your parents, your moms? And they're like, no. And it's, it's such a blessing and it's so wonderful to see, right? That relationship. And uh, obviously I would be a, a second best friend. Of course. <laughs> Moms are the best <laughs> and that's okay. But it is it, right. She's my wife's obviously put it in the time and there's times where, no, I don't want to drive to Tim Hortons to get donuts, but you, you want to talk. So let's go for a drive. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And you got to spend that time and you got to be able to communicate. And it is, it isn't normal, but it's, it is the goal, right? Uh, when we grow up, I want to be like Jeff R. Holland and have those, have those, you know, and we're working on it. Uh, my kids, luckily my, my boys are, uh, my oldest is grade seven and he still likes me. So we hang out all the time, but um, or he hasn't, he, has, he still thinks I know things. <laughs> how does this work and i'm like i have no idea son let's google it let's youtube it <laughs> but um and jeffrey arholland is great here he goes he goes now he shares all this stuff with his son much like emmeline and 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 Brittany and yep. the relationship and how tight it is and he goes how do you encourage other people to be better uh, i don't want to make people feel bad in mm -hmm. comparing their relationship with their children or parents to what mine is um but he said there are fathers who would give their life to have a better relationship with their sons. There are sons who would give anything to have a better relationship with their fathers. Uh, and he finishes, he kind of finishes that little section by saying, like, don't ever give up. Don't yeah. ever stop trying to be closer to your parents or, or to your children. You, uh, keep trying, keep reaching, keep talking, keep praying, but never give up. Above all, never pull away from each other. Uh, and it's such a good, good line. And, um, and it's, that's kind of the one main takeaway is to always be trying, never stop trying. Um, yeah, we were going to come up with a top five for this lesson, but it's just, it's just such a good lesson. So we're going to, and luckily Kevin picked a 12 minute talk as opposed to last week when I picked like a 33 minute talk <laughs> too much to cover, but, uh, <laughs> talk we should be able to cover the whole thing and stay within a reasonable time frame but yeah define I'm, reasonable i'm sure we'll stretch it out yeah <laughs> but uh that is great though right because even so my specific example where i see my wife and my daughter have this wonderful relationship uh and i have a good relationship with my children right we do fun stuff uh, yes uh, we trash talk each other sometimes etc but i'll go uh play 21 just outside one-on-one -on -one basketball with my daughters and do lots of other things. But even then I could look at this and say, Oh, I'm kind of jealous that my wife has such a good relationship. So this is good guidance for me. Say, Hey, don't give up. Just keep putting in the time. Yep. It's okay. Just keep trying. Okay. Yeah. And don't be jealous of your wife's relationship because that's what you're yeah. now. And there will be a time when your daughter will need her, her, her dad. Mm -hmm. and and you want to be there and you want to have those relationships in place for when she comes to you with a problem yeah right oh yeah and i'm not jealous like i'm grateful that my wife has i'm not 
concerned in the least, but I'm just using that as an example that, yeah, just keep put, putting the effort. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it would be easy to be, to be jealous or envious of another, another, you know, another family and their relationship and, oh, they, they're perfect. They have this situation. Well, no, it's not. Nobody's perfect. I can, I can speak to that. And all of these relationships come with effort. They're not, not, none of it was easy. There was trials to overcome or challenges to overcome and they got there. Right. Um, yeah. But. Well, and seeing that work. So just as an example, you went on that big new trip, right? Yeah. I'd be wonder. I'm wondering how effective that was at building relationship with your boys while you're doing that. Oh, if you yeah. noticed a big difference or. Yeah, we made, we had lots of time in a canoe together, just the three of us. Uh, we, we paddled, we worked, and we learned that we all have different roles and we all have to do, fulfill our roles. Now, just because it's a, th uh, you know, a, a thousand meter portage, one kilometer portage or 600, no, what is it? I don't even know what it is in feet. 0.6 miles. <laughs> Um, you know, and it's rocky and it's rough and I'm bad footing just because it was hard for my sons doesn't mean that they can only do one trip. They still have to go back and get more gear. Still have to do the, you know, the, the less they do, the more dad has to do or the less, and they understood that. And, uh, there's actually a neat thing there last, I think it was the last week in August. Um, Owen was carrying all this stuff out to the van for Jamie. And Jamie had nothing. And Jamie's like, oh, and I can take something. And he turns back and goes, oh, it's okay, Mom. This is nothing compared to a canoe trip. And he's like, takes it all up to the van and throws it in the back. But I said, well, see, it's, it's rubbing off on it. Like it's, he's a little bit, little bit tougher, a little bit stronger, and a little bit more willing to help. And that was kind of, that's kind of the goal, to help build character. But, yeah, what a confidence builder, right? Like I can do hard things. I don't even need Mom's help. Not that he doesn't need Mom's help, but. Yep. What a great experience. And, it's, and it was good. So, yeah, we're talking about again next year and next summer, and we'll see if it happens and where we're at. And, um, you know, I can't imagine being able to sneak away for two weeks ever again, but yep. um, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, going back to that envious idea, right? Because there would be some that look and see the pictures you post and yeah. stories you're going to tell and be like, that's so amazing, and then be like, I don't think I'm willing to do two weeks of that with my kids. <laughs> it, right? Yeah. And it was, they were the right age. There was, I saw other people in the park that were, had younger kids. Yeah. Like that would be tough because how do you yeah. a six year old yeah. and can tell him that he's got to hold his weight and you don't, you just be happy with whatever he's willing to, mm -hmm. to contribute. But, yeah. Um, no, it's, it, it was a good experience and, and one that helped us to grow closer. And that's what life is about. And, and I don't know if the canoe trip was necessarily a defining moment in our relationship, mm -hmm. but, uh, but we will get them. And we have, I have some defining, um, moments in, in my life that helped me to be close to my wife and, and each of my kids. And, and, uh, and it definitely is, is up there, but I'm not sure if it's necessarily a defining, mm -hmm. uh, Jeffrey R. Holland shares a defining moment uh, for him with his son uh, when, and it was years previous. So it must've been 10 or, or 12 years before he gave this talk where he was stressed out. He talks about like he was doing schooling, he was teaching, he was 
a member in the state presidency. His wife was Relief Society president in their ward. You know, just, I, you can imagine the stress, the high stress that he's under. And oh, yeah. Things that could go wrong. And he goes, like, he came home one day and his, uh, his son wasn't respectful of his mom and had to report it to dad. And, and he lost his temper. And he goes, I wish I could have tell you I, I handled it better, but I didn't. And I sent him to bed and I wasn't going to read to him and I wasn't going to tuck him in. And, and I, and I basically, he went to bed crying and he soaked his pillow, pillow with his tears. And, and he goes, and then I felt terrible the rest of the night. And, and he shares this story about um, how he tried praying for blessings for his family and how hollow it felt, mm -hmm. you know, when he didn't do right by his son. And now he's asking Heavenly Father to bless his son. And, um, he, he had a dream and we're not going to get into the dream entirely, but like even the dream, actually there was a defining moment in his dream where he says he meets an old timer and the, uh, he had asked his son to do this really hard thing. And he meets an old timer who's actually with his son and helping his son feel better. And he goes, you should not left him alone to do this difficult thing. It would not have been asked of you. And I just love that to death because how many times do we lean on, our children expect them to be much older than they are. Mm -hmm. Now, Matt in this instance was like five, but like, you know, I brought my 11 and 12 year old on a canoe trip. I'm keenly aware of where they were at. I didn't expect them to carry a canoe trip or carry a canoe across a portage. I gave them a 25 pound bag and said, this is, you can carry this fairly reasonably. And this is what you can do. Yeah. And, and, we recognize when they needed breaks and we recognize when they needed time and let them go. But um, I just love that quote that it would not have been asked of you. So let's be mindful of each other and, and what, what we're asking each other to do. Yeah. I just, that resonates so much with me, right? That whole quote, like what you said, that it would not have been asked of you. And I look and I see a five-year-old and my youngest daughter is now seven. And I look at her and I'm like, oh, seven's young. But when my oldest daughter was seven, that was old. And it's, it's interesting, our, our thought process, how that works. And I've been there, distressed. Like, you, he lists all these things. And as a, as a male, I'm like, oh, yeah, I understand why he was mad. Yeah. I understand why he blew up. Because I've done that. <laughs> yeah. But then I look and I see a five-year-old and I'm like, you, you got mad at the five-year-old because he talked back to his mom like that? <laughs> Right, like, or, I guess, or whatever. Bark at my kids all the time for supper. Yeah. You gonna eat or what? Are you gonna sit there all night? And and uh, and Jamie goes. My wife will be like, they can sit there all night. That, yeah. They're welcome to. If they want a snack later. Guess what? Your cold mashed potatoes will be at the table. Yeah. Gotta uh, rain it in, and it's you know not not cause contention in our own home because it really doesn't matter. But it's not about the food it's not about you know anything it's that i had a stressful day and i'm home and now i'm taking it out of my my son who doesn't deserve it and, yeah but yeah I, I i i noted that too that we were the same with our kids that we ask a lot less of our youngest than we did of our oldest at that same age because our, we needed help <laughs> yes <laughs> oh so we've kind of got it figured out and our youngest gets away with a lot more yeah Anyway, at the same time, he has three older brothers who he's trying to keep up with, so he's he's figuring it out on his own as well. But yeah, um, yeah, no, it's it is an interesting thing. 
I loved in the talk, he said when, when so Jeffrey R. Holland had a moment where in his dream, he realized that he had asked his son to do a hard thing, went back to, to find him and help him. And he met this old man. But first he meets his son and his son goes, hi, dad, we're having fun. Like he's oblivious and just having a good time. And then this old man who, who he meets, he didn't know, recognize him, but he, he had a tough time meeting his gaze and he was trying to thank him for helping his son. That's when he said this, this, you shouldn't, should not have left him alone to do this difficult thing. And that's very neatly ties into that quote earlier where you never stop trying. Yeah. You know, our children are going to be asked to do hard things. I, you can see it with the way the church is going. Yeah. Things are going to progress in, in these latter days. And we're asked to do hard things. The prophet has asked us to have the youth really heavily involved with the gathering of Israel. And they're being asked to do hard things that we weren't asked to do when we were younger. And, uh, you know, we can't just leave them alone. We got to support them and help them. Whether yeah. following or as parents. But um, anyway, to continue on, he says he woke up. He, uh, you know, he's just... And Jeffrey R. Holland says he doesn't dream very often. And when he woke up from this dream, he he was just devastated. He, he you know, was basically uh, called to repentance and recognized it. And he got up and he went and, you know, his kid was passed out in the middle of the night and he's hugging him and, and saying, you know, making promises to him that he's going to be better. He's not going to, you know, he's, he's going to do the things he needs to do. He needs to be um, the dad that, that his son needs and and uh, he lists a whole litany of things that he he's going to do better and help his son to be the best he could be um, and near the end here he goes I have not proven to be the perfect father I vowed to be that night and and a thousand nights before and since but I still want to be and I believe that this counsel from President Joseph F. Smith and he goes, brethren, if you keep your children close to your heart, within the clasp of your arms, you will make them feel that you love them and keep them near to you. And they will not go very far from you. And they will not commit any very great sin. But it is when you turn them out from the home, turn them out from your affection, that is what drives them away from you. And, uh, and I, you know, I didn't like that quote, but it's a good reminder that, no matter what's going on, do not leave them alone to do this hard thing. Support them and love them and be there for them. Communicate with them. You know, it's so important. We can't do it for them, but we can be there for them. Yeah. Yeah, and I love, <clears throat> I love that quote by Joseph Smith. And I also love how Elder Holland reacted, right? Because earlier I'd said, I understand his initial reaction. Uh, yeah. You know, and, uh, send the kid to bed because I've done that. But he doesn't then go and justify mm -hmm. saying that he's busy, he's got this calling, he's, because in it I think he's going to school full-time, teaching half-time, doing a state calling, like just busy. His wife's doing a big calling, they've got young kids at home. He doesn't just justify and say, well, I was stressed and it's okay. He has this lovely dream, but then he still acts and he says, that wasn't okay. Yeah. And that doesn't make it okay because I'm stressed. And at the end of the day, we, our kids didn't choose for us to do stressful things. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's an opportunity for us to be better, an opportunity yeah. for Holland to be better. And it's, it's a learning experience. 
Mm -hmm. And what are we going to do better next time, right? We're going to run into bumpy days. Yeah. We're going to run into stressful days. And is what's the priority, right? And, and we're not going to be perfect, but we continue to try and be better. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And what tools are we going to have to learn to be able to deal with that stress, right? Because if it's a constant problem, then something needs to change. And maybe it's as simple as us. Uh, getting some help or getting some sort of tools to deal with stress or some sort of buffer zone where, you know, you get home from work and you have 20 minutes, half an hour to yourself so that you can decompress and then be a father, right? Like whatever that looks like, it could be different for you or me or whoever, but having that constant uh, aggression, it's just not great. That contention in the home is just not great. Yeah, you got to take a few minutes and that's what I've learned. I, I, had, I had four interviews today after church. Uh, and each of them were, they were all youth interviews, semi-annual youth interviews, and, and each of them were very different, just depending on what we talked about. And that was one of the counsel I gave was that, what are you doing for yourself? You're yeah. doing all these things. You're super busy. What are you doing for yourself? Take some time, not a lot. You don't have to let it become a distraction, but take some time for yourself to just decompress. And, and as I was telling them, I was thinking, I got to do that. Yeah. I got to take a few minutes for myself to decompress as well. Like it's, yeah. and it's good. And, and that's the, that's the fun part about being Bishop. And I think it's uh, Marion, uh, Marvin J. Ashton, I think said, he goes, I can tell when I'm speaking under the spirit because, um, because I, I will often be learning when I'm talking. Gotcha. That's great. And uh, he goes, I don't usually learn from what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm, yeah under the spirit I, I can learn right and i was i was i was explaining this to this youth i was like that was the spirit teaching me and him that they we need to take time and yeah but that the priority should still be my my kids yeah family and my calling and my job and all these things are important my my own self are, are important but do those things when it's required and then focus on my kids and let them know they're the priority Mm -hmm. And I love them, and then I'll always be there. Um, there was a quote, Jamie shared it with me a while ago, uh, but it was basically saying, like, when my kids are in trouble at 2 in the morning, I want to be the person they call for help. I don't want them to be worried that I'm going to yell at them or give them grief. I want them to be there that I'm going to answer the phone and go and help them. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of parent I want to be. And so, you know, you don't, you don't want them to be afraid to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And that, but that doesn't just happen because you want it to happen. Yeah. Like that's effort, that's work, that's being in control. Oh, this bad thing happened. Oh, okay. Well, I'm here to support you. How can I help you? Yeah. Not, I can't believe you'd make such a stupid decision. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not to say we're perfect. And this, this oh. by Jeffrey R. Holland, he, this was a defining moment in his mm -hmm. life with his relationship with his son that helped him to be better and, and do better. And he's sharing it 10 plus years later in general conference. So it was a very significant thing in his life. And, uh, and it was an opportunity for growth. And, 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 you know, I have to imagine that, well, they're, they're 10 years later, they're still best friends. And his son obviously got over it. He was probably over it the next day. Yeah. Uh, it was more for him to learn and, and, be better right as a parent so 
it's it's good and that's what life is about is for us to learn and teach and that was part of the uh, part of the canoe trip i had a conversation with owen while we were fishing one day and i just said explain to him a little bit that look i'm i'm still learning i'm still like i've never been a parent before you know the the manual i, I read didn't explain any of this <laughs> we're still we're still figuring it out as we go and we're just trying to do the best that we can and and uh we're gonna make plenty of mistakes but um, we're hopefully going to do more right things than wrong things and, and, and help you to, to grow and become the man you're meant to be and God intended you to be. But, and he was okay with that once it was explained that, you know, we're not professionals. Yeah. <laughs> Anything. <laughs> no, I guess I get paid to be at work. So I'm a professional planner, but yeah. electrical planner. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> Not to get too off tra track, but my younger brother's uh, teaching as a gym teacher right now. And yeah. so he's technically a professional athlete. <laughs> he gets paid to do sports. <laughs> Not very well, but no. <laughs> yeah, no. that's all right. Well, that's awesome. That would be a fun job, I think. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, so he finishes off here. Uh, he says, we all know fatherhood is not an easy assignment, but it ranks among the most imperative ever given in time or eternity. We must not pull away from our children. We must keep trying, keep reaching, keep praying, keep listening, and we must keep them within the clasp of our arms. That, this, that is what friends are for. And I just love how he ends that. Yeah. That it's less about being their parent. I, I want to be my kid's father. I want them that when you know that that there are consequences to their actions i want them to understand rules i want them to understand how to hard work hard and build character and do the right things and like do things that a father would teach their son but i also want to be their friend yeah uh, and i got to strike that balance between the discipline and and fun and and the important thing for me is to to you know share and explain and talk and, and communicate and build that positive reinforcement with them as opposed to always be strictly disciplined, always be yeah. all, all of that. Right. So learning. Yeah. yeah. Opportunity. With the focus on teaching, right? Like uh, we are, you know, parents, that's what we are, but really we're supposed to be teachers. Yeah. Uh, and that's the big, the big part of parenting. And teaching involves things such as discipline, but with a goal, right? The goal is that you learn this. Yeah. And usually when we have a goal, <laughs> our discipline efforts are far more constructive and effective. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Well, it's good. It's such a good talk. And yeah. I myself or not, I, I had the thought two or three times I should listen to uh, Matthew uh, Holland's talk as well in preparation for this. I listened to it, I want to say three or four years ago and I, heard, yeah. I just loved, loved this talk. So Kevin, as soon as you mentioned it and I yeah. thought I, I ring, I can't quite remember, but Jeffrey Allen's got so many good talks. And yeah. as I started listening to it, I, I keyed on exactly which one this was. And I was like, yep, that's a perfect one. It's a great talk to, to discuss and share. So awesome. thank you for this uh, suggestion. Yeah. And just as just reminder, we really implore you to listen to the actual talk itself. There, it's yeah, Todd and I think we're both fantastic individuals, but Elder Holland just does such a good job with the whole 
the whole delivery, everything. So listen to the talk itself. There's so much more to it than what we've been able to discuss. Give it a shout. Okay, thank you guys for listening this week or this month. We'll, uh, we'll be back again next month. Uh, and again, check us out at Spiritual Crusade uh, and just peruse around and, and learn some new things. Share this with your friends and family and anyone who you think might benefit. Uh, even if it's just to say, hey, look at these two chuckleheads. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> we were grateful for the opportunity we have to share and to discuss ourselves. And, uh, and yeah, it's great talk. Uh, great talking to you, Kevin. Yeah. Uh, we'll uh, enjoy your general conference, everybody. We're going to enjoy ours. And uh, we'll see you shortly.